G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. A new biography is about to be released, shedding light on the story of one of Australia's most prominent Christian leaders. It describes a compassionate Christian man who was elected to high office in the Anglican Church revealing the complexities of leading an institution as big as the Anglican Church, fractured along deeply held theological lines. It's a biography of Archbishop Harry Goodhue, telling the story of a model servant leader in his role as head of the Sydney Anglican Diocese during the 1990s. Now, the 1990s are described as one of the most turbulent decades for the Anglican Church in Australia. You'd know your story is in good hands when your biographer is the award-winning Australian historian Professor Stuart Piggin. The biography is called Harry Goodhue, Archbishop, Godly Radical, Dynamic Anglican. And Professor Stuart Piggin is joining us. Stuart, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thank you for having me. Stuart, starting here, Harry Goodhue, in fact, is a good friend of yours. When you're writing history and you're writing a biography, is that an advantage to have a good friend as as the person who's writing and telling your story? There are uh, obvious disadvantages, um, and people will say, Stuart, you're far too close to Harry uh, in writing this biography. Um, You know him too well. But I would say that I, I found as I wrote, the more I wrote, I came to the conclusion that I uh, was not close enough to him, that I did not know him well enough. He is really an exceptional uh, Australian Christian. I mean, the Sydney Morning Herald described him as an exemplary Christian to the fingertips. Um, And we don't say that about too many Australian Christians. He really was uh, remarkable from the point of view of character. Um, And that's why I I think that I didn't really, I, I haven't fully grasped how wonderful he was. So I think he's better than the biography makes out, really. Uh, We need another biography already. (laughs) He is turning 90 years of age this year. Uh, No doubt he'll be at your launch, or you'd be hoping that he will be. He's described as God's man for Sydney. And I mentioned the 1990s. What made his leadership so outstanding in that decade? He was elected in 1993, and it was a very fractured time in the Anglican Church because um, there was all that division over gender issues, over the ordination of women. And uh, there were progressive evangelicals who favoured the ordination of women. There were conservatives who were opposed to it. That was the, that was the chief um, cause of problems. It later became issues over homosexuality and things like that. But it really was a great time of great division. And what that's all about, of course, is how the church copes with a secular age because those sorts of things are important to, to secular people. So how do you give leadership to, it, to the church in a secular age? So all the archbishop, all the people who put forward in the 1993 election for archbishop, they were all people that we believed had to uh, be adept at uh, adjusting Christianity to a secular age. And I think that Harry was... was um, 
very well placed to do that because he was he he was the most experienced of bishops who have ever become an archbishop in Sydney. He he had been a bishop for a long time, and he was an incredibly successful bishop in Wollongong. He was very popular, and before that, he was a very successful parish builder. One of the terribly exciting things, I mean, the thing that really got me writing this book was that I did research for his election and found out that whatever parishes he was in, they all grew very healthily during his time. He was a very successful church builder. So he was, he, was, he was good at doing what the church then needed. The church, of course, in the 1990s was beginning to go up the boil in terms of numbers. It was hard to get people to church by then. And uh, it, was, it was a great challenge to, uh, to, turn, to turn the ship around. The church actually grew numerically in Harry Goodhue's decade, contrary to uh, the Anglican Church across the rest of Australia. In your biography, Stuart, do you identify those leadership traits that you can see in Harry Goodhue and uh, how they might actually translate into uh, leadership within other sections of the Anglican Church? Yes, um, it's a very it's a very important question that, and the answer is. We need to give a more comprehensive answer than you would imagine. For example, it's it's really all about character, and uh, you, you know that uh, that famous saying attributed to D.L. Moody that the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to Him. And uh, we all like to think that uh, we might try to live up to that, but Harry would would be the man who I know who's come closer to that than anybody else I know. Now, when you think about that, what does that mean? It means living a, a lifelong uh, commitment to Christ, a, a lifelong discipline of Bible study and prayer. It means um, constantly seeking how best to serve Christ. And, and uh, it, may, it means humility to learn from others. It means uh, not taking in things which are destructive of the soul and the mind. So he was very disciplined about all those sorts of things. And when you, when you think about it, if you spend a whole life doing that, as few of us do, then it produces a, a, a quality of character which, which he had. So he was, he was very godly. He was very wise. Uh, and um, one of the things that the Diocese of Sydney has a reputation for is that it's always producing determined men and it, it produces people of great commitment. But the love is not always as strong as those two elements. But Harry always put the love first. And the and the, uh, the commitment was something which should grow out of that, that love. He was not religious in the, or pious in the, in the contemporary sense, but he was this exemplary Christian to the fingertips, nevertheless, in the, in, the, in the view of the secular media. Even they could see it, you see. He was incredibly successful in communicating with the media. If he were having this interview with you now, Neil, he would be doing far better than I'm doing. He really did uh, handle the media exceptionally well. Well, like a lot of people who do handle the media well, they have some connecting points with ordinary people and uh, while yeah, his yeah. early days he was a cricketer played grade cricket in the Sydney district competition and uh, he loves this sportsmanship and there's a famous photo uh, of him throwing a football uh, he did have a passion for sport and that is perhaps something that some church leaders are not necessarily known for that uh, that photograph is on the front front cover of the book uh, he was actually he was actually a far greater cricketer he was a first-grade cricketer, um, and 
than he was a footballer. Uh, and he was a better soccer player than a rugby player. I mean, that picture is actually a rugby football on the front front cover. He was a, he was a great supporter of the, the Illawarra Steelers uh, before they amalgamated with, with St. George. And it was important in the time of the long recession, economic recession, that he encouraged the footballers to believe that they had an important contribution to, to make to the, to the morale of the Illawarra at that time. So he could see, he could see the morale-boosting value of things which were not overtly religious. That's the importance he attached to sport. You describe his character as godly radical and dynamic Anglican. I wonder whether uh, those two still go together. Do they? <laughs> when uh, when he when he was uh, thinking about the. Um, his own mission statement. He came up with four factors that he wanted to he wanted to achieve. He wanted to enable God's people in his diocese, the diocese of Sydney, to be observably God's people, to be pastorally effective, to be evangelistically enterprising, and to be genuinely caring. But one of his bishops, the well-known bishop Paul Barnett, great Bible scholar, said to him, "There's nothing about Anglicanism in that." So uh, he said, how about we put a fifth thing in, namely Anglicanism. But it was Harry who put the word dynamic in, dynamically Anglican. And uh, when he came up with this, lots of people fell over laughing. They said, this is, this is an oxymoron. How can the Anglican Church be dynamic? And so that was, a, that was a, one of the very striking things about this whole time as an archbishop. I thought about calling the whole book Dynamic Anglican. And as to the, the uh, radicalism business, he was radical in Sydney uh, for a number of reasons. He believed in being open to insights about how to grow churches from all over the world. Sydney people like to uh, invent everything for themselves and they tend to be very suspicious of overseas things, but he was very open to those sorts of things. In that sense, he was he was rather radical. And he worked to dissolve consistently, and this is the most radical thing about him, which makes him different from all the other bishops. I think all the other bishops and archbishops are about reinforcing the Sydney culture. Well, Harry thought he wanted to change it in one respect, namely, he wanted to be less hard. He wanted, he said, we will be stronger if we're softer. Uh, and commitment without love is something we, we, we can't have. We just got to have love. He was a servant leader rather than a leader. And it's been suggested to me that he might be the only bishop we've ever had who, uh, who has that characteristic. He was far more interested in what other people were doing than in, than in what he himself was doing. Whenever he saw growth anywhere, he'd pour water on it to encourage you to growth. He made everybody think that they were the most important person on earth. I suppose that's a great leadership quality. He certainly had that in spades. He was, he was also a very efficient diocesan administrator. You don't think that somebody who was nice as he was was also very efficient at administration and bureaucracy. But Bishop Paul Barnett says that the diocese ran better than it had for decades under Harry. He uh, regionalised the diocese and he gave far more pastoral care to all the, to the, to all the clergy and people. Uh, it really worked rather well. And he believed that the laity were the most important part of the church, not, not the clergy, the most important. The church exists for the laity, not the other way around. And when we have outstanding leaders, uh, we ought to be putting away the denominational tag and recognising the the whole church or the image of the whole body of Christ. And there is a certain sense here 
describe him in your book, a blessing for the whole church. Uh, good for us to be talking about him today. And so the whole church benefits when we have good leaders. Oh, absolutely. He was a, he was a bishop for all the churches. I, I, was, <laughs> I was very struck by the fact that when he was consecrated as a bishop in Sydney, uh, the very, and, and two days later, he was installed as a bishop in Wollongong. In the day between those two, he, he attended the induction of the Presbyterian minister in Wollongong. And he didn't waste a moment. And, 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 and moments were for, for other people, other denominations, as well as for the Anglican Church. Well, we'll look forward to the launch of this new biography. And the author of the biography is Professor Stuart Piggin. The book is called Harry Goodhue, Archbishop, Godly Rat Dynamic, and it is going to be launched on the 23rd of March at St Andrews in Sydney. Uh, look out at your local Christian bookstore to get a hold of it because uh, it is a book that honours uh, one of Australia's great Christian leaders. It's published by Morningstar Publishing. Uh, keep your eye on Christian bookstores to get a hold of it. It's written by Professor Stuart Piggin, who's been our guest. Stuart, thanks so much for filling us details and uh, all the best with your new biography. And you might pass on our regards from uh, all Australians who'd be thinking right now of Harry Goodhue and uh, wishing him well for the years ahead. I will do that. And uh, thank you for you. I was very struck when people, I asked people to endorse the book. They didn't endorse the book. They, they endorsed Harry, uh, which is as it should be. Great man. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.